0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. This is episode number four of season 10. Today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, all right, you guys, I literally just got back from an incredible weekend at the Advanced Coding Services, Mastering the Business of Medicine retreat that was held in the Hudson Valley, New York. Now it was a really, really remarkable weekend filled with tremendous educational information that was focused on the season of change. I myself spoke regarding things I've spoken on in this podcast before regarding TPE audits and CBR reports, all focused on everything shiny and new for 2023. It was a truly remarkable event, so I hope you guys can come and attend the various retreats that are held by Advanced Coding Services throughout the year in various regions of the country. The next one is in Prescott, Arizona, and it's being held in the second weekend of October. Now, all right, you guys, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. As you guys know, it's my favorite. It's my fraud, waste and abuse highlights for the month of September, because this is the last Wednesday of the month. So I'm going to be getting into the month's criminal and civil enforcement cases that I find newsworthy. And then I'll write you guys in my compliance tips and in my compliance recommendations today, I wanted to dive into psychotherapy crisis codes. And of course, I go ahead and round out today's episode with the remarkable quote on perseverance by Norman Vincent Peale. If you guys have checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and our valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations or to dive in deeper to use my tips and my best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture, and improve your coding accuracy as you help all your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and definitely start following this podcast on Spotify or any of your other favorite podcast platforms like my YouTube channel, like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts and so many others. I'd really love all of your continued support. Now, as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and my compliance recommendations based on my over 13 years of experience in front office, in back end, in coding and in billing for multi-specialty physicians, in compliance and in auditing for both E&M and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. So let's get into Newsworthy, the month's fraud, waste and abuse cases. The month of September saw a whopping 41 cases as of the recording of this episode. Early September saw a physician convicted in a $9.5 million healthcare fraud conspiracy to accept Kickback's case. Here, a federal jury convicted a doctor in in Illinois for his role in a more than $9.5 million healthcare fraud conspiracy. The physician was indicted by a federal grand jury back in December 2022. He was convicted of conspiracy to violate the federal anti-kickback statute after a two-week trial. And according to evidence at trial, the man who was enrolled as a Medicare provider and licensed to provide medicine in multiple states, worked with purported telemedicine companies to obtain access to Medicare and Medicaid patients around the country. From March, 2019 through September, 2019, he and others caused the submission of more than $9.5 million in fraudulent claims to Medicare and Medicaid for cancer genetic tests. The physician ordered thousands of these tests despite never actually having met the patients in person, nor via telemedicine, and never reviewed test results. In exchange for providing signed orders for genetic testing, the doctor was paid kickbacks by co-conspirator telemedicine companies. These companies were in turn paid by co-conspirator marketing companies that targeted Medicare and Medicaid patients through their door-to-door marketing, at senior fairs, at nursing homes, as well as at other locations. They also convinced patients to provide their genetic material via a mouth swab kit. The marketers then provided these swab kits to a laboratory in Tennessee for laboratory cancer genetic testing and in exchange for kickbacks paid to them by the lab. The laboratory billed Medicare and Medicaid for these tests. Based on the count of conviction, the physician faces up to five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. He will be sentenced in January 2024. The jury was unable to reach a verdict on a second conspiracy charge. Now, mid September saw a Colorado psychiatry practice and owner agreeing to pay $1.9 million to settle allegations of fraudulent billing. Here, the psychiatry LLC and its owner have agreed to pay. $1.9 million to resolve allegations that they violated the False Claims Act by knowingly double billing time in order to unlawfully obtain increased payments for Medicare and Medicaid. This is a Colorado company that provides telepsychiatry services throughout the state. Now, the United States alleged that from the years 2017 to 2021, the company and owner submitted inflated bills to Medicare and Medicaid seeking payment both for evaluation and management services and for psychotherapy services provided during the same patient visit. The rules for Medicare and Medicaid are clear that these services must be separately identifiable and time spent providing one service cannot be double counted in billing for time spent providing the other service. The United States alleged that the company and owner knowingly disregarded this rule and improperly double-counted time for these separate services to unlawfully obtain increased reimbursement for thousands of patient visits. These allegations were brought to the federal government's attention by a whistleblower through a False Claims Act action. The Tam or whistleblower, provisions of the False Claims Act allow a private party to file an action on behalf of the United States and receive a portion of the recovery. The whistleblower will receive approximately $325,000 as her share of the settlement. The claims against the company and owner are allegations, and in agreeing to settle this matter, they did not admit to any liability. Mid-September also saw our dermatology management company to pay $8.9 million to resolve self-reported False Claims Act liability. Here, a Texas entity that manages and operates dermatology practices, surgical centers, and pathology laboratories across the United States has agreed to pay the United States $8.9 million to resolve allegations which were self-reported of potential violations of the physician self-referral law also called the Stark Law, as well as the Anti-Kickback Statute, the AKS. Per the terms of a civil settlement executed earlier this month, the management company will pay the government almost $9 million, including $5 million in restitution, within 10 days of the settlement. The settlement credits the management company for its self-disclosure and its collaboration with government investigators. The self-reported conduct was unknown to the United States at the time of the self-disclosure and was specific as to the nature of the potentially problematic transactions, the personnel involved, and the potential financial impact on the government. According to the settlement agreement from January of 2013 to July of 2018, the management company acquired numerous dermatology practices across the United States. In September 2021, the company voluntarily self-disclosed to the Department of Justice that it had discovered credible evidence suggesting that former senior managers had offered or agreed to increase the purchase price of 11 acquired dermatology practices in exchange for an agreement by the provider at the practice to refer services to the affiliated entities following the acquisition claims for certain of those referred services were later submitted to Medicare for payment. The United States contends that this conduct violated the AKS and the Stark Law and resulted in the submission of false claims for payment to Medicare. The AKS prohibits offering or paying remuneration to induce the referral of items or services covered by Medicare and other federally funded health care programs. The Stark Law prohibits healthcare entities from billing for certain services referred by physicians with whom the entity has a financial relationship unless that relationship satisfies one of the law's statutory or regulatory exceptions. Both the AKS and the Stark Law are intended to ensure that medical judgments are not compromised by improper financial inducements. The claims resolved by the settlement are allegations only there has been no determination of liability. Mid-September also saw a New York cardiologist and his company illegally paying millions to doctors in exchange for patient referrals. Here, the physician and his company entered a $3.3 million settlement for engaging in an illegal kickback scheme in which they paid physicians and practices millions of dollars to induce them to refer patients to them and their contracted cardiologists. The recovered funds will be returned to Medicaid with nearly $2 million going to New York State. As part of a separate agreement with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, they have agreed to pay an additional $3.1 million to the federal government to resolve kickback claims related to the Medicare program. The agreement resolves allegations of a kickback scheme that lasted more than 11 years, from January 2010 through December 2021. The doctor and his company rented office space from physicians or their practice groups in New York City, often paying above fair market value to induce these physicians to refer patients to their contracted cardiologists who used the rented office space and who regularly ordered diagnostic tests and diagnostic procedures that were performed at the company. The doctor and his company then paid many of these cardiologists a flat fee for each diagnostic test or procedure the referred patients underwent there, with larger fees charged for the tests and procedures for which the company received larger reimbursements. The Office of the Attorney General, the OAG, found that these actions violated state and federal anti-kickback provisions and the New York False Claims Act. Late September saw another physician in New York settling health care fraud claims for $1.3 million and entering into an, an integrity agreement to ensure future compliance. The settlement agreement addresses allegations that the physician violated the Federal False Claims Act by billing Medicare for critical care services to residents of nursing homes when, in fact, he provided only routine care. He provided care to residents of nursing homes. That care was, for the most part, allegedly routine care, such as regular medical checkups. The government contends that rather than billing for his services as routine care, he billed Medicare for critical care services. Critical care services involve imminent, life-threatening deterioration of the patient's condition. Medicare reimburses healthcare providers at a higher rate for critical care services than for routine care. By billing for critical care services when he provided only routine care, as the government contends, the physician received extra payment for care that he did not provide. Under the terms of the agreement with the United States, he will pay $1.3 million for conduct that took place in the years 2019 to 2023. In addition to the payment to resolve the government's fraud claims, he has entered into a separate integrity agreement with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Inspector General. The integrity agreement imposes a number of obligations on the physician, all of which are meant to ensure that he complies with Medicare rules and regulations going forward. The claims resolved by the settlement are allegations only, and there has been no admission of or determination of any liability. Late September also saw a Virginia medical equipment provider ordered to pay $12 million in a Medicare fraud scheme and civil penalties. Here, this Virginia durable medical equipment or DME company was ordered to pay $12 million for its submission of nearly 1,000 false and fraudulent claims to Medicare. For reimbursement. In its complaint filed in District Court, the United States alleged that from January 2016 through December 2021, Medicare paid the DME provider over $600,000 in reimbursement claims for medical braces provided to Medicare-enrolled patients related to DME prescriptions that the provider illegally purchased from marketing companies. The provider paid a fee for each prescription that it purchased. The provider used the DME prescriptions and personal and medical data provided by the marketing companies to submit 923 fraudulent Medicare claims for reimbursement. A separate settlement agreement with the United States was made to pay $10,000 and accept a three-year voluntary exclusion from federally funded health care programs. An agreement was also made to forego almost $58,000 held in escrow by the Department of Health and Human Services, from the nationwide suspension of payments to the DME provider. The claims against the provider and resolved by this settlement are allegations only, and there has been no determination of liability. Now, of course, there were also many, many of the other usual suspects as well, from elder abuse cases, laboratory schemes, more opioids and oxycodone cases, and even more and more kickbacks and bribery schemes. But I wanted to pay particular attention to a case involving an Ohio coding consultant who has agreed to settle allegations regarding neurostimulator devices. Here, a healthcare consultant has agreed to pay $30,000 to settle allegations that she assisted in causing the submission of false claims. She is a medical information technology and coding consultant who provided consulting services to doctors, chiropractors, and other medical professionals across the country, including this case involving the Southern District of Texas. From January 1, 2016 to December 31, 2020, she aided those providers in billing Medicare fraudulently, pointing them to a billing code designed for the surgical implantation of neurostimulator electrodes. These are invasive procedures usually requiring the use of an operating room. And Medicare pays thousands of dollars per surgical procedure. However, the provider she she assisted did not perform surgical procedures. Instead, patients received devices used for electroacupuncture, which only involves inserting needles into patients' ears and taping the neurostimulator device behind them with an adhesive. In addition to the financial settlement, the consultant and her company have agreed to a three-year period of exclusion from participation in any federal health care programs. All right, so this spotlight features all of those Stivex and PSTEM and NSS2Bridge devices that I know I have discussed on this podcast time and time again when they're in the OIG news, right? All those cases from Pennsylvania all the way down to the state of Texas. So we must be mindful when billing services to our government payers and of course our commercial insurers as well. We have to be mindful that these types of neurostimulator devices are simply topical. There is no surgery involved, right? Simply placed with an adhesive behind the ear and serves as a form of acupuncture. So remember, I do my very best each and every month trying to highlight those cases that I find most interesting. So I hope you do find some of these cases useful to you and your practices. I try my best to provide thoughtful insights to providers to be mindful of correct coding and compliant billing practices to avoid joining these very serious, these very public and often very hefty outcomes. I always believe these types of fraud, waste, and abuse cases are most helpful. So please, take a deeper look into these reports and see how they may affect you, your provider, your facility. Start self-auditing your service claims and coordinating documentation to ensure you are meeting compliance. And now, it's time for my best practice tips in trustee tip. So in today's compliance tip, Let's get into psychotherapy for crisis codes. Medicare pays for psychotherapy for crisis and it's currently being billed using our CPT codes 90839 and 90840. Now these services help reduce a patient's mental health crisis through an urgent assessment and history of a crisis state, a mental status exam and a disposition or what happens next for the patient. Now, psychotherapy for crisis services are appropriate for patients in high distress with life-threatening, complex problems that require immediate attention. So, what is actually covered? Now, Medicare pays for psychotherapy for crisis under the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule. Now, these services include providing an urgent assessment and history of a crisis state. It also includes performing a mental status exam and psychotherapy. These services also include mobilizing resources to defuse the crisis and restore safety. And finally, the services include using interventions to minimize the potential for psychological trauma. Now who can actually perform this work? Physicians and non-physician practitioners who furnish services for the diagnosis and treatment of mental illnesses can offer these services, including physicians, those are our MDs and our DOs, clinical psychologists, clinical social workers, clinical nurse specialists, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and certified nurse midwives. Now, we also have a lot to look forward to as well under the calendar year 2024 physician fee schedule proposed rule. Which is considering the establishment of these new HICPICS codes for psychotherapy for crisis services that are furnished in an applicable site of service, which is any place of service as, at which the non facility rate for psychotherapy for crisis services applies, other than the office setting. Now, payment for these psychotherapy services for crisis would be equal to 150% of the fee schedule amount for services furnished in non-facility sites of service. And finally, I focus season 10, Spark, on perseverance. I want this 10th season Spark to be filled with our world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for success in all we strive to do. So in this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from Norman Vincent Peale. It's always too soon to quit. Totally true, right? If we quit too soon, how will we ever know if we could have made it? If we quit too soon, how will we ever know if we could have been happy? If we quit too soon, how do we know we did the right thing? There's so much thought, so much hard work that goes into, well, your work, right? Without the drive, the hunger to achieve, it is very, very easy to just quit when the going gets tough. I'm happy Norman Vincent Peale's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you all diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. All right, you guys. So in my final note today, the autumn season is here, right? It's finally here. The leaves are definitely changing. The nights are certainly cooler. It's my very, very favorite time of year. So I hope you guys are getting ready for your apple picking and your pumpkin farms and your college football games, anything to get you out and about and away from work, right? You've got to make time to decompress and live life as well. Anyways, you guys, I wish you guys an amazing, incredibly happy, happy week ahead. Thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.